A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Here we are. Uh, IMAX 2022. It's the 12th of October. Uh, we're in the middle of the show. And across from me sits Karina Bauer, CEO of IMAX Group. Karina, um, quite an experience this year. What say you? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's been fantastic. We It feels like the industry is back, and I think that's what the overall sort of sentiment is with everybody I speak to. So there's obviously great excitement. Last year was joy to be back together, mm-hmm. um, and people who hadn't seen each other in two years. It was quite emotional, actually, in that sense. And I think our Frankfurt show was similar in that sentiment. Now is a kind of confidence and that's different. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to see the whole industry here. Yeah. Uh, thank you for bringing the industry back together. Uh, no small feat after everything we've kind of experienced. You've experimented with a lot of different prototypes over the last two, two and a half years. Uh, very strong comeback, I think, at IMAX in Frankfurt. We were delighted to see Hall 9. Now we're in this huge space here at Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas. Um, what would you see it say with the sentiment that's currently in, in the marketplace and the amount of people that are here creating this incredible buzz? What are some of the top topics that you think should be on the radar of change for the next year for us as an industry? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we see the sort of um, macro picture out there and there are a lot of economic headwinds and yet here in this hall and what I'm hearing is that there's great positivity in our industry Um, we are often a lagging indicator of course Um, but you know we can see that the corporates in particular the associations are very keen to continue um, to hold their face-to-face events and I do wonder whether the pandemic um, in some ways uh, for all the pain that it caused us also gave a renewed appreciation of why it's so important to bring people together face to face whether that's you know corporations bringing their clients together or their staff and the other big trend clearly is that these sort of remote and hybrid workforces are leading to people having um, more gatherings for their staff to actually just build team and that's very important trend i think that I believe is going to help us as these economic headwinds um, come through. The other thing, obviously, and you know, we've talked about it here in the Inspiration Hub as well, um, that you know, we've all got challenges with workforce, with supply tra- chain, with training as well. So those things, I don't think, are going to go away very quickly. And obviously, with inflation and costs, so that's sort of on the more um, 
difficult, challenging side. Yeah. And then the other trend that I've spoken about here, but I've also heard lots of other people speaking about, is this idea, these, the really change in um, culture and expectation, mm-hmm. whether it's from workforce or attendees. You know, I was in a session earlier, people were talking about consumerization of events and really I think this is just the you know treating people like people so you know treating your clients um, as the whole people that they are rather than the business person yes. because I think we all want to bring our whole selves so mm-hmm. the way we design events I think has to be very intentional to that yeah. and then trusting our teams and our people and our clients as well to come with those right intentions mm-hmm. um, and so moving to a kind of parent-child relationship in a way to mm-hmm. an adult to adult and I think those are some of more cultural trends that I'm um, hearing about a lot as well. Um, I'm, I'm not just hearing them, I'm also feeling them. Right? So I think uh, one of the things that uh, I've been reading about lately is the power of regret. And people are like, well, you know, most people say there are no regrets, and Dan Ping speaks about this highly. Um, regret is one of those emotions, the second after love, to be a very powerful one to put into play of things that, uh, and they come in four categories, that um, need to be embraced. Uh, I think our industry, as you were mentioning rightfully, has maybe become more wholesome, right? We have discovered our humanities, our weaknesses. I think the COVID has exposed and allowed us to be more human, hopefully. Uh, And one of the things we're studying very closely lately by being at events, by designing events, is to study how the behavior changes over time. Just came back two weeks ago from C2 in Montreal an event born out of the financial crisis. Now we're in the post-COVID crisis. Um, It's interesting how these kind of waves over decades kind of influence how people behave and how we're still in a similar environment, the way it looks. Um, We see a lot of familiar faces of people we recognize, but the people themselves have almost like evolved. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. I think people have evolved. What what the crisis did, what the pandemic did, I think, in our industry was allowed people to get a bit more real yeah. with each other, yeah. um, with their competitors, with the you know suppliers and clients, yeah. because it was a complete closure. And so for our industry in particular, all we could do was help each other. All we could do is be there for each other. And so I think some of those relationships have shifted as well. So that, um, and and showing, well, you can be vulnerable in front of your client. You can say that we don't have all the answers. You can ask for feedback. What could we do better? And and rather than pretending everything's fine all the time. So I think the um, pandemic, it certainly gave us that ability to kind of take the mask away a little bit. So I, I agree. I think people have changed and... Uh, we've changed as well so the way we want to do things the way we design the event as you say it looks the same but actually there are lots of things that we're designing into the event that are very different and then the way we're measuring that as well to say okay is this having the desired effect so it's um yeah it's an interesting time i think people that expected to come back to an event post pandemic and it be totally different i think that was never realistic it was never going to be that everything about an event was totally different, unless, of course, it was broken before. Yes. I think it's those the way it's designed, maybe the scheduling, the way um, you talk to the attendees, all of these things make those differences. Well, um, we have this saying, and I think we talked about it before, show me an organization's event and I'll tell you about their culture. 
When you're a trade show, that's quite difficult because you have all these small little petri dishes of multiple um, organizations together in one big space. The one feeling I do get, which hasn't changed, is this idea that IMAX as a family business has, has a very familiar feel and looks to grasp the events industry family and bring it back together. And in a crisis, family supports each other. Good families do, back and forth. And I think uh, I want to commend you and the team for how that um, has felt, not just throughout the pandemic, but also um, in how different last year to this year and as things evolve back, there's this reliability and consistency throughout that I think is super powerful to see the familiar, not just the familiar faces, but especially the behaviors and the service levels that make people go back to uh, kind of a loyal behavior, right? The loyalty is also between family members that support each other. And, and I think this is something that at the Inspiration Hub over right now, we're seeing a lot of what I'm seeing as well, which I find very exciting is more spontaneity in how content is not just pre-programmed, but also in the moment due to social media influences, due to ideas that erupt on site, things are being put together using the existing spaces because the collaboration can also be in a much more real-time format. Now, yeah. Is that something that happened serendipitously or is that something that you planned for or how does that work? So I think there are a couple of things there. I mean, I think in terms of the more um, serendipitous or, or in the moment um, events, I think that is, um, it's not designed, but I guess being close to uh, what's going on on social media, being close to the market, we maybe pick up some of those things quickly. And if we can be adaptable and flexible, then we can make them happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's happened in sort of micro areas, yeah. micro moments, but it's interesting to see it happening. And I guess the real challenge is to see how more of that can be really designed into it because to leave some space, I suppose, for those serendipitous um, things that just come up, whatever those yeah. things may be, whether it's a DJ event early in the morning or whether it's a yeah. quick campfire. Yeah. So I think, um, I think that's a really nice thing to leave space for, really. I think in terms of the familiarity, um, when we were um, in the pandemic and talking about the design of the first shows that would come out, mm -hmm. we knew that obviously people wanted change and innovation and they wanted to see some of the things they've been talking about in the pandemic realized in real life. But we also knew that people needed um, familiarity. They yeah. needed that, the comfort of that as well. And so I think the balance of those things um, for people who are managing events that maybe are like ours, you know, run year after year, I think there is import, it, it is important to have that balance. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I just say in terms of us bringing the industry together and, you know, I sort of putting my arm out because it's like <laughs> wrapping you your arm them. around, yeah, everybody. But, um, it's really, I think for us, we, we see ourselves as sort of the center of the industry, an agnostic platform where our role really is to help everyone else shine. Yeah. So that's what we talk about internally. How can we help our partners to shine? That That's what we want to do. And our partners involve, include all our exhibitors because we have a very partnership a partnership approach to how we conduct our business and so really it's about that sort of platform that we provide for everybody else and hopefully that's the design of that is why it feels like it does. Yeah. I think you're creating a laboratory of petri dishes that together are thriving and growing things right? So yes. 
Um, we've, we've been allowed to grow together with you as a partner, which we're very grateful for at the Event Design Collective. I was speaking to Dale Hudson just before, and I remember back in 2016, we designed Smart Monday at the Event Design Certificate Program in San Diego. And it, it's actually beautiful to see how now, you know, X number of years later, this event is in partnership with MPI, is still thriving. And now it'll petri dish to design World Education Congress 2027 using this methodology. But also what I'm like seeing is that team members that have been part of Team IMAX now having their petri dish with you know, innovation forums and you know, keynote speakers getting together at the trade show, now doing a spontaneous session just across from us here at the Innovation Hub. Um, do you feel that because you are confident in the structure after X amount of years, um, that the spontaneity and white space that you leave, do you feel confident leaving it the way it is, or do you think that's going to be more in the future, or how, how do you see that? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's a good point. You need the structure and confidence in that for the first place to then have that openness. I can see, um, I guess you kind of like designing spontaneity, yeah. you know, to a degree. It has to be... Um, practical as well you know it has to be a space that works it has to be uh, timings that can work and you have to be able uh, it won't just happen so these things are curated at the edges is how I would describe it so you know you're you're in touch with the market you're speaking to the keynote speakers and you're helping them to make the most of the opportunity as well um, so I, I'd love to see more of that designed into what we do, especially on actually something like Smart Monday. It's much harder actually during the show because people are so busy with their appointment schedules. Yes. Um, so to do something spontaneous is fine, but will anybody show up? You know, so uh, conferences like our Smart Monday Day where you don't have the trade show also competing for yes. attention, it's actually easier to do that, I think. Yeah. We took a bold little step at the fringes of that, like you were saying, a little rough around the edges. That's where you can curate. We created, uh, based on a spontaneous idea earlier this year, the Event Design Sunday Summit, uh, where together with Caesars, Encore, MPI, and IMAC Group, we put together the community of people that had graduated from our program online, but never met in person. We got them together at the High Roller and were able to gather the community and celebrate their graduation and hear the stories from the various partners. And it was really nice because so many people do come in a little bit earlier, either for jet lag or for you know, just spending the weekend before coming to IMAX. Um, and I see that short programming, it was from four to seven, is something that people really kind of um, embraced. Your own little Petri dish kind of getting together first before going into the big wake pool of IMAX. Yeah. It was a very kind of powerful experience and it's helped us um, to bring the IMAX feeling almost a little bit forward, but also reminiscing on past experience and connecting to the new experience, which makes it maybe less daunting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Certainly for first timers or those who haven't been very many times. Yes. But I think that's an interesting concept with um, kind of everyone having their own Petri dish. I think as also as organizers, we need to understand that we can't control every part of an event. And so partly IMEX being at such a large scale we've never really tried um, so that's probably helped us in a way because you know we've never known what all the uh, receptions are in the evenings what all the dinners are we, we cannot control that no. um, so all we've ever been able to do is put boundaries around the things that we can control make it clear what people's responsibilities are and commitments are and you know the fact things like you know no you can't take buyers off the show floor in the middle of the day and things like that but apart 
outside of those boundaries that we make very clear to people, it's really their opportunity to shine, whether that's on their booths or at events before or after the show. So, um, yeah, I think I think event planners sort of understanding that in order to give their partners or their industry moments to shine for themselves, they have to let go a little bit around the edges. Yeah. Well, thanks for allowing us to do that. Uh, thank you for the partnership. I know this afternoon the Future Leader Forum is back up. Uh, I heard from Dale it's in back in full force. Uh, with two more days to go, or one and a half more days to go, what are you most looking forward to from two o'clock, what is it now, two o'clock? Uh, Pacific time here in Las Vegas. What are you looking forward to? Well, I've got a few more uh, interviews and meetings today, but I've also got a little bit of time to just um, pop into some of the booths I didn't get to yesterday, okay. especially some of the European ones and Asian ones. Nice. Uh, so I want to just go into those and, and see people and thank them for being here and just see how their day and, you know, their two days have gone and then obviously I'm really looking forward to Dre's tonight which is always a super special party um, and it's just you know it's beautiful up there so yeah I'm really looking forward uh, to those two things most. Fantastic well Karina thank you so much we won't hold you any longer I always love catching up with you and seeing what's new um, I'm always amazed at how much time and space you make even for conversations whilst in the midst of this huge event as a CEO, that must be kind of a discipline that you have for yourself, but also you look remarkably relaxed during the show. So I commend your team and yourself for being able to do that. I think it's the team. <laughs> <laughs> they allow you to have the space to do this. So, totally. Well done. Thank uh, you. And look forward to the next one. Thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.